okay random banter part two let's do that <laughs> random random banter part two so um we are here again we've been knowing each other for well over 20 years now um life life that's uh that's a full life for some people uh actually at this point i guess gen z would say that that's a full life for some of them that we've known each other for over 20 years now hmm. well um ag town yes ag, ag town uh df dubs yes it's great to be here today with you yeah. i have i've been excited um, i know to make this happen I know. Uh, so I'd like to welcome you to Throw Champagne, the podcast, hosted by me, Thomas Massaquai, executive produced by Tyler Golly, and music by Chris Wagner. Rich, welcome to this. Music's topic. cool. Yes. Thank you for the welcome, and what a great name, you know? I'm excited to, to let people know, yeah, I was on this Throwing, throwing Champagne podcast, and, uh, you know, it's uh, really, really, uh, it's got a lot of action, you know? You're just like, a, you can just visualize uh, us getting it in yeah getting wild yes. having a good time yes celebrating i think yes. celebrating you know yes i think that's what it makes me think of Sam champagne in general is obviously it's like you know even as somebody who doesn't love alcohol like generally takes long breaks and you know is usually upset about my use or just putting it in me but champagne you kind of can't deny it i mean it's just so much fun delicious and it's just a, it's a nice moment when you're sharing it so celebrating and uh you know if you're if you're tossing it around it must be having a good time that's what we're gonna do today that's what we are gonna do today so rich Let's what go. have you we've known each other for two decades now over two decades what have you been working on recently i know a lot of time i normally say that towards the end but i feel like a lot of what you've been working on has been interesting so what are you kind hmm. of working on before we decide what we want to talk about personally yeah, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I almost thought you were going to ask me what was I working on, you know, since we, you know, were in close proximity in high school and growing up, and I was going to have a different answer for you because it's not exactly where I'm at today. But, um, uh, you know, these days, it's really, I'm pretty, pretty, I, I'd, I'd like to be, I'd like to say I'm working on, you know, a plethora of things. And I have all these kind of projects and passions and directions that I'd love every day to go in and, you know, uh, but realistically, I'm really pretty dialed in on um, doing um, event production, uh, you know, experiences for um, the cannabis industry uh, that has been growing and the cannabis businesses and consumers and kind of like, you know, merging in a lot of ways, like my background in like live music production and events um, and kind of like bringing that expertise and some of my contacts and ideas from there into this growing retail consumer space across the country that, you know, anybody and everybody's always talking about, you know, cannabis and smoking weed and, and how, you know, it enhances music and there's those things go hand in hand. So I'm really working hard to kind of find uh, ways for them to, to interact. Um, you know, in the same vein, uh, I spent a good, good amount of my time, volunteering uh to decriminalize plant medicine and i've just really been you know drawn to psychedelic plants and psychedelics and you know cannabis is one of them but i've you know been drawn to that since i was a kid and you know i've got a kind of a crazy history with it uh ups and downs but you know as we're entering this decade um it's you know it's obvious that these are you know going to start being more liberated and um you know there's just a lot of there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of policy around criminalization. So that's a focus of mine. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then when I'm not, when I'm not messing with those two things, really performing as a DJ and, and, you know, practicing, you know, aspiring performer, producer, singer, trying to find ways to be creative um, and putting on, um, I do a monthly uh, electronic dance music event here in New York city in Brooklyn. Um, and that's been growing for about a year and a half called mobile output. So my three focuses right now are mobile output on the, um, kind of, uh, live music, electronic music front decriminalized nature is my organization. I work with on the, the plant medicine decriminalization front. And then Sensi magazine is, 
the publication and events group that I have been with for about almost six years now. So that's that that one really changed my life. And it's been really great to to have a direction and a career and kind of stick with one thing, because for a long time there, I was all over the place. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. And yeah, to answer your, to, to go back to asking what you've done in the past, I'd be covering 20 years since we last saw each other in regards to not saw each other, but in regards to us living in the same zip code per se, that would not, well, no, it'd be 15, 15, 16. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think out. 20 is a lot. You make me see. I'm like, am I that well, I mean, old now? I'm not I'm age, sorry. But I mean, we both, we both, <laughs> graduated high school i think it's more like between 15 and 20 <laughs> i yeah, think, we're, that think that's where you're getting lost i think yeah, we're yeah, at like yeah, 17 yeah yeah um, so, but since then we've had a lot going on so i think kind of covering that time frame would be um yeah it wouldn't we wouldn't need to cover all that um but i know what thing that we were both discussing on social media before was the fact that we both were kind of not kind of we were posting more uplifting namaste type postings on our social media platforms and have since then kind of pivoted away from doing that as consistently yeah yeah it's funny that you know now that we're now i'm kind of like doing that kind of flashback rewind to like our connection and, and our friendship and just communication since that time, since I kind of left Texas when I was a kid. Um, and you're right. I mean, it's definitely evolved our voice and like our focus that uh, I think we individually have in terms of utilizing that. But I think that's one thing we do share. You know, I think at an early age, you and I both connected as friends and, and, and we kind of stood out to some extent in our peer group um, and, yeah. you know, the DFW you know, area, I think particularly because, you know, we just weren't all that afraid of being, you know, having a voice and being leaders, and speaking and talking and, you know, knowing everybody. And that was just not something that just came easy to us. And so, you know, and, and so then like, as we moved forward and we started to have social media, cause you know, millennials and us being like right in the middle of the millennial um, generation, like we were the first real kind of young adults, teenagers yeah, to be, to to have this option to like know people that you didn't actually know, or to say something to people that, um, you know, weren't right next to you or something like that, you know, that, that it's a huge, you know, situation that we found ourselves in that, yes. you know, has now, now been around for, you know, whatever, over 15 years. And that is so true. we were kind of the first, <laughs> we kind of did lean into social media the way that it was supposed to. I mean, I definitely, I, I, that is kind of true. I kind of forget that sometimes that we were, those kids that really saw it for what it was and used it as the opportunity, whether it be socially, financially, op, you know, um, uh, in so many different <laughs> areas uh, of growing. I remember when there wasn't a financial opportunity at all, but, uh, and then it became, you know, that, that part's what really started to change the whole uh, game. But no, I mean, realistically, like when we had AIM, the messenger and then from there we had a zanga or like a myspace or then from there we had a facebook mm -hmm. human beings that are alive today most of them were not there first no. and you know we were the first of the race in some ways to be to be doing that i mean there were some things that i probably did with facebook in those first 2006 2007 2008 years in terms of like utilizing the platform to to be a writer or a voice or an artist that, you know, probably nobody ever done before. Like, it's just, it, it's kind of crazy how long ago it is though. Cause I can barely remember like, what did it look like? Like, what did my page look like? What type of things that I say in post? Like, it's like a whole nother world. Like the, my, in terms of my like influence or like my, my artistry or like, like definitely my voice and my like intention, you're right. It was just what we were doing early on was a different animal than what, what we're doing now. And I mean, part of that is like, we've, we've grown and we've become more mature and maybe we are just more, you know, uh, focused on new things. But part of it is the platforms are not the same. Like when I was on Facebook in college and even after college, like if I had something to say, like I could say it and people would see it and there'd be a whole big communication that 
you know, there was a lot of reach and it would just start to make a huge conversation happen. If I make a post today, I got more followers than I ever did. I've, you know, if I make a post today and it's just as interesting or controversial, like maybe nobody even sees it, let alone comments. And there's no, I kind of miss having full blown crazy arguments on my Facebook status. You know? <laughs> it isn't, that's not the way it works anymore. Oh, yeah, you, know? you got to, uh, you got to pay for that. The mob. The mob was different. It was a different vibe. You could you could you could crowdsource and do things <laughs> and move differently than you could not. Well, I mean, you have GoFundMe now, and GoFundMe definitely is responsive. But I feel like even then, the the crowdsourcing and the and the movement in regards to um, getting anything done, the proactivity yeah. between people on social media, I think for our generation was way different than it is now. Is Gen Z doing that still? I have seen um, pockets of it, but in regards to, and I don't want to say the depth because that's saying that they don't have depth, but saying- No, they, they would if, if, it was, if it was easily accessible to do so. Yeah. It just doesn't It's more like difficult. It the, the, the hurdles are a lot, are, 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 are there more frequently for them than- I would say for us, it's different times. It's just different times, different it, eras. We were starry-eyed, man. It was like a beautiful time. Like they were wild there. <laughs> I mean, even though like, even though in the late 2000s and the early 2010s, I mean, there was all kinds of horrible stuff happening in the world. But, you know, in terms of like when we would turn to the platform and we'd log into our Facebook on online or we would use our phone and we would be scrolling and things like that. Like we, we didn't bears, like have this. Black bird, black, blackberries? I had a BlackBerry. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, before the iPhone, it was a BlackBerry. What did I have? A, I had a BlackBerry. I was definitely. IPhone, before the iPhone was a BlackBerry. Yeah. Oh, man. We, before you know, we're going to be just, this is going to be one long chat about how, how old we are in terms of technology. But no, the, um, the, what do you, what do you, what do you call it? The, um, the, the, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a, like a minefield of, uh, like people's like, um, like anger or their like dis distaste or their distrust or their division. Like, like, yeah, you know, in the early years of like the, of all this stuff popping up Instagram and, and even Twitter and stuff like that. Like, yeah, there was, there were people like arguing and saying like pretty intense stuff. And like, if anything, we had zero social media etiquette back then. So mm -hmm. like, it was really just, People didn't even think they were just typing and saying crazy things and getting themselves in all trouble. But yeah, they did. All kinds of trouble. What, what that was happening. Jail? Facebook jail? Yeah, like that was happening where there was just no, people just didn't even have any reference point as to how to act. But it just didn't have this like um, collective like belief that like this place is kind of a cesspool. Yeah. But like now, you know, there's just, you know, people are just, they're just like, oh, I don't even want to use Facebook. I don't want to go there. I don't want to read people's stuff. I don't want to share things. I don't want to, you know, and part of it is because it just doesn't work the same with the algorithm and it's like all that. But part of it is that it just developed this like bad uh, name for itself. Same thing with Twitter and now Instagram. And to some extent has become this like pretty intense place, you know, where it's, it used to be quite a bit lighter. Um, and so to, to go back to your original question, like, yeah, I mean, we used to have more of like, a, it was, it was less of a place to like go and like, you know, fight back or like argue or like, you know, try to like make sense of like the issues. But I mean, that, that's definitely the world that we found ourselves in as people that are, you know, I think we share a certain compassion for the world and a certain like want for there to be you know, an equality in the world. And we just want things to be, you know, chilling. I think to some extent, we'd rather it not be all about hate and violence and all this kind of stuff. I think we share that as people. Um, and if, and so, so do so many that are listening to this and that are out there, but you know, we're, we're definitely, it's every year that goes by, we seem to be getting into this place. And maybe that's just us looking in through the, the view hole of all these social media accounts, but you know, um, I think no matter what town and city you're in, um, it's it's seemingly like the the unrest and the division and the like frustration and the like lack of us feeling like we can do anything is on the rise. Mm -hmm. um, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's kind of like 
what do we do? You know, what do we do? You know, it's life. It's life. Pandemic was interesting. You know, I mean, what 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 you've done post that is, you know, this. You know, you found a way to have conversations with, I think, the people that you respect, you care about, and you 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 turn that into content that can then be shared with everybody in your network. Um, and hopefully there's things that pe- can, people can learn about others. And, and there's something valuable in that, you know, and I, I find that to be um, admirable and also effective to some extent. And I think we're, we did see a lot more of these kind of uh, conversations and podcasts and, and whatnot popping up, especially during the pandemic, when we were all kind of sitting around with our technology and, you know, missing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, I had a pan, I had a pandemic uh, kind of podcast pop up fear and loving that you were on. Uh, for a little while there too. And, you know, it, it, it was a really particular moment for me when we were sitting there early 2020, 2020, was it early 2020? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we were all supposed to stay at home and not go out. But at the same time, like we had had this, like, seemed seemingly like this, like tripling down of like police violence and like uh, corruptness and just people, of color, particularly being shot down all over the place. And like, you know, it was just this did people didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where this kind of like uh, pandemic, or excuse me, this protest kind of movement of sorts in 2020, like happened. And I, I, it's, it's crazy how long ago it was and how much has happened since then. I, I really do feel like most of the people around me are, um, hello. We dropped out and we are waiting for Rich to drop back in. Please hold and stand by. Thank you. I think you dropped out. I did. I'm back. Yes. Um, so I don't, what I was saying was that like, I think like most, so many of the people that I'm out here interacting with, you know, going to a party with or working with or whatever, I, I don't hear us being like, Hey, whatever happened to that it, huge issue that never, you know, seemed to have gotten better or fixed and that we were so up in arms over and, you know, and so it, it, it's, it's sad, you know, and it's tough as we see just in the past couple of weeks, more of these incidents happen. And we've just been seeing them happen prior to 2020 for years since then. And, you know, and so, you know, back to, to that feeling, you know, we, we felt like we needed to get out there and, and try to fight against it in the street and to raise our voice. And that's why I started Fear and Loving the podcast to try to have this ongoing conversation about that unrest and those issues and what can we do. And, you know, and we did that for months you know you were on there with me a couple times and like we you know i had kind of a team of people and we just came together every month to try to make sense of what was going on and realistically at some point of last year it was just like you know i think the the world started opening back up so maybe that was a big reason why we all started to kind of we were like okay well we got to figure our lives out as individuals we got to get back to work we got to like figure out if we can eat we got to make sure we're getting ahead and, you know, we've kind of driv- been driven in that way to such an extent that it almost feels like we've definitely collectively started to turn away from that, uh, you know, that social issue that we were trying to figure out. And maybe we kind of figured out that there doesn't seem to be a path, a real clear way to, to, to make things change um, and to fix them. It's, it's, been, That's, it's been on my mind. I, know, I've, I, I hear you. And I know that it sounds um, uh, that those spaces um, of activism and awareness and caring um, that there was like, like for some extent, some people hit a wall. Um, I know that it's been interesting because it's been this evolution of pivoting, transitioning, finding new spaces to express, discuss, communicate, commune, what they, what they call uh, fireside conversations occurring uh, throughout life for a lot of us have occurred. I was thinking about that, you know, in regards to even the career that I've had to kind of look back and say, oh, at this stage of my life, I was doing this 
and then now I'm doing this, and now we're discussing this. And it's been interesting to sort of see the evolution and the and the and the changes occur throughout those um, moments of life. <laughs> yeah, you know, eras, I guess you could say, and to see where we're kind of at now and where we're headed as either individuals, communities, people, thinkers, engagers. Yeah. It, I guess so, sometimes it feels like maybe there's, there's, you know, when it comes to like philosophy or like economics or like some of these larger, um, you know, kind of like schools of thought that we, are excited about or interested in and that we know and we talk about and we exist in. Sometimes it feels like there's not a lot of room left. Like what, what kind of philosophy could I come up with that hasn't already been come up with? What kind of economics could I come up with? Like, you know, just sometimes I think maybe that's what's sort of something that's sort of plaguing us is that we're, we're kind of like, maybe we're feeling like so much of what, you know, versus maybe generations past. It was always like, okay, what are we going to come up with, innovate on next? What's this, you know, uh, system or whatever institution we're going to cook up so we could kind of just do better than whatever we got, you know? And, and I, I don't, I, I do wish there was more of this, like, uh, you know, there was more of like a, like a hunger and like a drive to come up with a new institution or like a new type of, uh, school of thought or a new way to do global economics or, you know, or to like have an existential philosophy, something like that, you know, and like, you know, they're just, I guess there's, I'm like curious, like why maybe we hear less about new newness when it comes to all that. And I think it's like, it's maybe part of the, the collective kind of struggle that we're, we're enduring right now is that there's just so much in the internet. Maybe that's part of what did it is like the access to all the information and the systems and the ideas and everything. And like, and for us to be able to like, spend years of our lives looking at it all and being like, well, it's all there. Yeah. We, we got a lot of it. Like, do we need more of it? You know? And, and the answer is uh, resoundingly yes. Just in the sense that there's so as much as all that may be true. And there's like kind of a lag in like new thought or like new, you know, institutions and systems. There seems to be an up a rise in like, at least in America, in the United States of America, and also in like the West and just generally kind of uh, in our global systems, there seems to be a rise in problems. Um, there's like new, new problems coming up, or maybe they're not new, but they're like, you know, a new take on some of the old problems, um, whether that's, you know, poverty or oppression or racism or sexism or all these things. Like, it's kind of like they're getting 3.0'd or something. Mm -hmm. And you know, and so we need new solutions and maybe it's the fact that they're coming back and they're rearing their head again. That has me feeling like to some extent, I'm sure so many others that like, well, th those solutions didn't work the first couple of times. Like, why would they work this time? You know, and like, is it going to work at all? So I don't know, you know, I guess maybe I, I, I just, I do my work is, you know, outside of what I do for, you know, you know, my, for money or for community or that I do for fun. Like personally, I, I feel like I try to like make sense of this world or this moment for everybody, not for everybody, but like more like, I want to understand how the collective is kind of experiencing stuff and viewing it. And whether it was, you know, kind of like that whole kind of issue that was the Trump Hillary division or the, the, uh, the cops acting crazy in the protests or it was the pandemic or it was COVID, uh, excuse me, COVID is the pandemic or it was COVID, but, it, or, you know, and now these new issues that are happening with the Supreme court, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of like maybe through all that feeling a little futile. And I think maybe futility is what I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like chewing on, you know, and like in trying to figure out how to like make sure that's not taking hold of me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to still stay energized and I'm going to still stay excited and, and, and interested and, and focused, even though things kind of smell and stink out there a little bit. Uh, but mostly it's like, what hope do we have if like we can't like, you know, get our peers and get our community and get our friends and family to kind of like also stay, sh stay sharp and focused and excited 
mm-hmm. and positive. Um, and, and then that's, you know, harkens back to the social media that we're talking about. It's like, there, there's a lack of positivity in like large part on these platforms. And it's, it tends to push the, the, the difficult stuff and the negativity and the scary stuff to the top. And that's, that's, that's kind of like a catch 22. Cause it's like, well, I don't want it to go away because then there's no awareness around it. But at the same time, if that's all we're seeing, yeah. it's uh, not so fun. Yeah. I, um, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. Is it a good cycle? Is it a bad cycle? Is it, a, is it just, it is what it is. Is it is what it is. You know, you go, we're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna get, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get through the, 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 the thick of it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've always been this guy, you know, I can, I, I, I think something about having a conversation with an, uh, an old friend that I know has, you know, that's a writer, you know, maybe that's, that's also something I think you and I have shared and, you know, maybe we can talk on, you know, our experiences as writers throughout this time period, because it's totally different being a writer and knowing yeah. you want to write and you want to create, you know, screenplays or books or essays or whatever you know like writers have for generations and hundreds of years like you wake up and you're like that's who i want to be i am that person you are that way thomas i'm that way we know Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are that way but to like wake up and feel like that's who you are in the context of the past 20 years um it's different it's way different than any other writer that ever came before (laughs) you know you just you just put it down you busted your butt, you got those, you got that writing done and you like took it to traditional places and it got put out and consumed and people were excited to read the writing, you know, or to, to take that in. But, you know, maybe part of why I went in such a, we went in that direction the past few minutes about, you know, internet, social media and like our voice and like what we say on there is because in my mind, like that's where I get to be a writer to some extent. Like I get to come up with some ideas, put some words together throw them in a post, you know, put them on a, uh, on a blog post or something like make mm-hmm. an Instagram post. Yeah. And like, maybe people will read me there. You yeah. know? There's um, <laughs> my professor when I was in college said, there's really nothing new underneath the sun. There's really nothing new underneath the sun. And for me in, as a, as someone that likes to engage with life, that has always been foundationally a thought process that I kind of come back to. There's really nothing new underneath the sun. It just is an an evolution of something that has already come before when you think about it. When you really think about it, at the core, it's just an evolution of something that's already happened before. So when I come into spaces or moments in life, I think about it for a second. I'm like, this really has already kind of happened before. To some extent. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that can be cool. It can like be empowering and it can like give us some, you know, in some ways, some like signposts, some roadblock, you know, some, some signs to, to like reference so that we can be like, okay, we know we can, you know, humans have done this before, you know, in my mind, I've always kind of looked for, for writing and for words from humans that have wisdom that lived before me that went through that emotional turmoil or that issue or that, you know, struggle romantically or lost a, a family member or, you know, was in jail. Like these are, these are the kind of like writers that I would kind of try to turn to, 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 to take in their experience, to look for some like tips, you know, cause like, it's really just all, you know, working through your shit personally, working through the issues in the life outside your doorstep, like you're talking about, it has been done before. So there is really just, it's just having strategy to kind of like, you know, jump over those hurdles or to, to endure whatever it is. Um, and, you know, I guess in some ways to have a goal of, 
of, uh, you know, doing a good job at that or like to be successful and like not letting yourself like fall down too hard or stay down when you do, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's, it's just a wild time. I mean, even things like even the goals that drove people to do that first generations used to be, yeah. you know, getting fed, uh, not, not dying, you know, not uh, having your family, like be healthy, like getting your, you know, you're getting a, a spouse or like getting your kids into college. Like there were, you know, up until I think our generation, I mean, even as, as recently as our parents' generation, there was generally a collective goal. There were these goals where it's like, okay, well, this is what we're doing collectively. We're going to we'll meet these goals. And this is how we get there. And this is how we fail. And, you know, now we're at this time where like, I just think there's, uh, re- there's, we're questioning some of these goals as a generation, you know, and like, I know I am. And like, and a lot of people I know do, and some people I know don't, you know, some people still got the same goals that their parents had and that generations had before. And they see that, you know, and they do go after that. That's their motivation to feel good or to like, you know, not be destitute or something. But, you know, my others are like, you know, do I really need to purchase a bunch of property? Like, do I really need to, um, you know, work, this type of job in this type of way to make this kind of money so that I can accomplish that? Or do I need to have um, family with children? Is that the right thing to do? And do I need to, um, you know, figure out how to work a certain way where now I'm like, you know, essentially paying for multiple people's lives? Uh, Do I have one partner? Are they uh, the opposite sex? You know, I mean, there's just so many, we, we've had like an entire lifetime as a generation to really question every little thing about the goals and the motivating factors that human beings before us have like had to get, to get through it, you know? And um, I know I go in every, I go in two directions at once half the time, you know, I'm like, I want traditional things. I want non-traditional things. I want, you know, to have a, successful financial life and have a bunch of things that I own, but also like want to have a simple, like chill existence and not have to go, you know, too crazy and become too consumed by work, you know? Mm. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, but you know, it it probably sounds to people who don't know me, they're listening to this probably just, man, they're probably like, this guy is dark. (laughs) He's, he's deep and intense, you know? And, you know, I think, uh, as writers having a conversation, it's real easy for us to go that direction. Um, but in just in general, like I totally do have that in me, but you know, my kind of in doing this work of trying to just live a good, like my best life and to feel like I'm going in a good direction and I'm taking what I learned and applying it. Mm -hmm. Um, and just generally dealing with existence and, or, you know, the ultimate, you know, existential reality and all that. I definitely try to make a lot of time for myself to have a good time and to like laugh and smile and have uh, fun and to try to have a lightness of being. Um, and I, I do, I like that to be a big chunk of what I write about and a big chunk of what I share on the internet. And, and a lot of what I have in conversations with people is like, I really, it's, it, it is kind of like a balance of like, let's be serious and like not be aloof. But at the same time, like, let's not like drive ourselves into the ground with our like sadness and darkness and negativity and try to have a, you know, realize that it's going to be okay. And that it's, you know, and that we're really blessed and that there's so many good things happening, even despite all the trouble. Um, and, and just generally, you know, there's, there's good times to be had if you allow yourself to, to make the space for it. So I, I say all that because that's a big part of who I think I am is I, I do enjoy having fun and making and having a good time. And, um, so I don't know, that's, I'm, I'm lobbing up like a transitionary <laughs> to the combo. Maybe, I don't know. We could talk about some, uh, something. Um, I mean, I, I, am kind of curious as to, you know, I, you know, you and I got to hang out a little bit in DFW the last couple of times I was there. Like we, you know, we've texted a few times, but maybe, you know, this, as I kind of heard you and Alyssa chatting and that was cool to hear you guys, you know, she's an old friend of mine too on the, on the podcast, you know, but it, it, it might be a good moment for you to kind of tell me a little bit about like what, what, what creative direction you foresee, you know, yourself taking 
you know, this, whether it's the podcast or writing or film, I, I, I pay attention. I think a lot of us that know you and that are probably listening to this, like we, we, we're definitely paying attention. We're, we're watching when you're making posts. Cause you know, we, we like following you, but um, maybe, uh, maybe cool to get a little update. What's, what's up? Yo, well, what's I'm, going on? I interviewed too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I, I get what you're saying. So I think the, the thing that um, I'm looking at is what is the next, the next chapter, I guess, in many ways of, of the evolution within what's going on. Um, it's sort of cool to see our our uh, moments happen, and I think in real time for a lot of us. So for myself, I guess the, the big thing for myself is writing a children's book. Um, that is my next next my next my next next that is a part of my next step is writing a children's book and i think <laughs> that's also kind of the irony because i don't believe i might be i don't feel like i'll be having kids right now for the foreseeable future um that's news doesn't mean you can't help them out yeah i'm um, curious I, yeah no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. So that's kind of, but not saying I wouldn't want to have kids. I just don't see that being in the cards for me kind of right now. Um, but something about having them on your own sounds kind of nuts to me, you know? And so I, I don't have, I'm not in a position to have them with anyone else. So yeah, it's not realistic <laughs> at this point. Uh, but um I think also the cool thing is yeah, creating, creating, creating in a more meaningful way, um, in a more peaceful way. I, yeah. What medium? What mediums? Do, I mean, it's funny, you know, the mediums of creation that we thought we were going to use 20 years, 15 years ago, switched up. And then all the past 10 years, how you created and how you influenced and how you spoke, you know, went one direction. And we saw what that was like. And mm -hmm. is it are, are we coming up on what's the next 10 years, 15 years of creating look like? Like how how are we going to how do you think we're going to make content and like who, how is it going to get consumed? And like is it all digital? Is it all web-based? Uh, do certain things come back otherwise? Like, you know, that's kind of where my head's at is it's like, what, what is, you know, even like film, like I have a buddy who like was making films and screenplays and trying to get stuff picked up. And mm -hmm. so I was observing him talking to Hollywood the past three, four years. And, you know, even there, even that world's changed, you know, with streaming and Disney plus Netflix. And I mean, just like what, uh, people that 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 was their medium was like a film you know like you have to go about doing that a little differently now too so it just <laughs> seems like the mediums are different and i'm curious what's coming you know? it's, it's definitely what's on my mind yeah um that is true and the big thing that i always kind of have been leaning to is saying stay tuned stay tuned stay <laughs> tuned because life is about pivoting, transitioning, and adapting. So I always say, stay tuned. Because at the end of the day, there really isn't a set path. There isn't, mm -hmm. right? Is there? I mean, you can go ahead and make yourself one. I mean, you could say to yourself, you know what? I'm only going to make TikTok videos. That's it. That's the only way I'm going to say anything. And I'm doing it now. I'm doing it tomorrow. Ten years from now, that's all you do. You know, it's, it's possible you can go ahead and stick with, you could say you only write, you know, screenplays for films shot on, you know, 
eight millimeter or whatever that is, you know, you can, you can just be like, I only do it this way, you know? So you, an individual can dig in and say, I'm only doing one thing creatively in one way with one medium. But I think realistically we've realized um, as media people, as you know, journalists or as writers or whatever in this like millennial world is you better be ready to, yeah, stay tuned and pivot and pick them up, pick up every tool and try everything out. Yes. And continue Uh, to adapt and change. So the question I would probably ask is for you, what does your next or the remainder of this year look like for you professionally? And what does it look like for you personally? Ooh, this year. Yeah, here we are. Yo, we're right in smack in the middle of the year. There's uh, half of 2022 left mm-hmm. pretty much, which and my birthday is next Friday, July 15th. Shout out, shout out cancers. Shout out cancer season, cancer new moon. People are crazy right now. They're wilding out, <laughs> canceling trips, breaking up with people, di- ditching this, that, and the other. Everybody's sleepy. I don't know what's going on. There's an energy suck happening. I can feel it right now. I'm definitely, you know, over the years, I've definitely opened myself up to esoteric things, you know, uh, stars, astrology, moon, planets, all that stuff. It's like, why not? You know, we, <laughs> You know, I might as well just like, I'm not going to shut people down if they think they got an answer or some sort of explanation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the mind, like we can really create a reality. Like we can create an emotional uh, response. That's for sure. Just by having faith and believing in something. I mean, we see people doing that in every direction for good or for better or worse, but you know um, yeah, there's um, definitely some stuff happening out there. So, you know, it's, it's uh, it's my favorite time of the year, though. I love having my birthday right in the middle of the year because, like, you know, I do a lot of reflection. You know, I get you know excited about the future, but I also do some like yeah reflection on the past. And it happens in the middle of the year, so like, you know, I definitely live my life year to year. Like, I'm trying to accomplish some good stuff this year, 2022. I had a good a step up in 2021. I was, you know, I I made moves in 2020. Like. I kind of, I don't know. I think a lot of us do that. You know, we use these years and the calendar years as kind of like markers to like work within. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's cool. Yeah. I, I've had a, um, I'd say I'd have, I've had a very successful, maybe my most successful six months of a year ever. And um, it's crazy to say, because I don't, I don't like to motive. I like to stay so motivated by like, me almost feeling like I'm not accomplishing enough or I'm not successful at something. And, and maybe I've just spent most of my life through, you know, not really having much whenever I left home and I went to college and, and, you know, being surrounded by, you know, college students that were, had everything they could ever want and having to try to figure out how to just exist as an adult. And then, you know, my background, you know, getting, you know, wrapped up in substance abuse and, and having, uh, you know, issues, uh, and, you know, being like, you know, having drug crime and all that, and then getting incarcerated, you know, arrested, incarcerated, probation, parole. I mean, this is my story, you know, and like I had, it took years, uh, for me to like get on the other side of like that experience. And it was like my mid twenties where I was like, okay, I'm no longer held on to necessarily and watched by the state anymore. That was, you know, it was hard to like, to feel good about myself or to feel like I was, actually getting anywhere or like I was meeting my goals. Uh, even when I finished college, like while I was on probation, I was still, it was like great and everything, you know, it was an accomplishment, but I still felt pretty bad, um, and down. And, um, you know, it wasn't until, you know, I really started to, you know, use therapy and different medication medicines to like, not medications, but more like plant medicines to work that out, you know, that like trauma and, um, and anxiety and all that and PTSD that I had kind of developed and that like lack of sense of self, like it, it wasn't until I did that work that I could finally start to kind of get my head up a little bit out of the muck, uh, you know, and then, you know, for y'all who, who have ever watched it, the how to fix a drug scandal, Netflix series. Um, that's four parts about the drug labs in Massachusetts that were lying about drug results. You know, I just happened to be getting a call from the ACLU in 2017 saying I didn't have a record anymore for my drug record. Um, and you know, that is pretty miraculous. Never happens to anybody. 20,000 cases, I think got thrown out. So it was a pretty crazy 
moment in our criminal justice history, which is mired by complete trash. Um, and so that was a moment for me to be like, you know, I'm educated around this stuff. I'm a journalist. Like I have a, a good degree. You know, I am articulate and I kind of have seen what this system is like from the inside. So like part of my drive since then has been to try to at least educate, if not participate in like dismantling the drug war and the criminal justice system to some extent. Um, and, you know, so that was a moment where I was able to get really energized to like start to actually care about myself and like trust myself and have some self-worth again and actually getting some stuff done. Um, and, you know, and then I got this job and I got started working in the cannabis space in Colorado, started working with Sensi Magazine and, you know, and I was growing cannabis to essentially pay the bills at that point, but I didn't have a record anymore. So I was kind of like, screw it, you know, let's do this. And, you know, Colorado was an amazing place for me because it was like psilocybin. We decriminalized it while I was there. Um, that was something I was incarcerated for was mushrooms. So that was a kind of a crazy moment. And cannabis obviously was just completely free to do whatever you want. And like that was, and everybody was making good money. So that was pretty exciting. And, you know, so I got motivated to get into the space, but I had to learn how to do sales. I had to learn how to do, you know, to essentially understand like business and the cannabis industry at large, which is somewhat complex and crazy. I mean, it's a, it's an industry that's never happened before. It sort of has some parallels to some other industries, but for the most part, it's really unmatched. And, um, you know, and, and the fact that it's like not legal federally, but the whole industry operates for years in state specific markets that are governed differently, makes it very difficult of an industry uh, to really work in as businesses and to, to, to make it in. Um, part of that is that each state has different laws. So like you can't just scale out and do whatever you want, like you can in the other industry. Uh, but also there's this crazy 280E, which if anybody is in the cannabis space, it's a law federally that essentially uh, forces a serious tax on anybody that's doing cannabis business, which makes it really difficult for them to profit and make money and, you know, make their investors happy and things like that. But, you know, those of us that are in the space that see the medicine and see the potential for the future of the industry um, and the, you know, potential for success, you know, we're, we're committed. There's a lot of commitment in the cannabis space and it feels like a home and like, a like, a you know, place that's like uh, my community. Um, and it's been cool to move from Colorado back to Massachusetts where I was incarcerated when I got arrested, arrested for cannabis to go back there and be a leader in the legal cannabis space in Massachusetts has been pretty huge. And, uh, to decriminalize, um, plant all drugs in the city of Cambridge with a team of volunteers was pretty crazy too. You know, I can, uh, sometimes I just kind of plow right through these accomplishments and these moments and just kind of what's next, you know, but you know, it, it is good. And I do, I do feel pretty proud to have not been afraid to go back to that place that was so dark and difficult for me and, and, you know, make a difference. And a lot of that's why I didn't, you know, I, I was back in Texas, you know, where I grew up or, you know, for a year with my brother in Austin and, Partially, I didn't stick around because of the lack of, you know, opportunity and freedom around plant medicine and cannabis um, and, you know, a lot of other thought. But uh, part of it was I just, you know, I was determined to kind of like not just turn back home and instead go back and face my fears. And, and I, I really got that done and recently moved to New York uh, last fall uh, on a whim, you know, just realized I could I could handle it, I think. And, and, and the industry start was starting up. That's what really brought me here. And and so, yeah, this year has been getting to understand like the New York City, New York cannabis market, which is going to become like the largest, uh, you know, ever and like most successful ever. It's almost guaranteed and a big hub worldwide for, I think, the whole world to get destigmatized around cannabis, but also to educate themselves uh, and to smoke together, which is pretty cool. You know, New York's always been like a big melting pot or whatever of the whole world. But, you know, now everybody's just going to get to come and get high as shit <laughs> together all over the place. Um, which, you know, I think is a little different than getting drunk um, all over the city, um, a little better. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, you know, a good year. We, we, we have a print magazine at Sensi and we do uh, in-person events. That's like what we did in Colorado mm -hmm. prior to the pandemic, but the pandemic took our business completely out because we couldn't do a printed magazine and we couldn't do events. So we just barely kept the lights on. Uh, when I moved back to New York, we had just brought the magazine back online uh, just brought events back uh, online. And yeah, this year we've had a bunch of successful events. Um, I, I've got one next week um, 
And, uh, and we put out a bunch of different print magazines that are growing and uh, distributing them. And so I've just been learning how to kind of manage a, a magazine and an events network out of Massachusetts from New York, which has been kind of a challenge, but it's so close that it's no big deal. And, mm. and the plan is to get one started here next year, a magazine and events network. Um, but for now, I'm really just kind of learning what's coming because this is like a pre-licensed market. I mean, now I'm like getting into a whole lot of cannabis speak, so hopefully that's okay. But, you know, that's my life, you know, as we're discussing here on throwing champagne. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a lot of my focus. Um, but beyond that, electronic music, dance music, uh, you know, all kinds of parties. Like, you know, I think that sometimes in this world, it like feels like, I almost feel like, like there's just so much difficulty and so much drama and, and, you know, shitty things in the news and issues that we need to fight for and figure out and talk about. And, you know, like we were saying earlier, it sometimes feels like what to, what's to do, you know? And so when it, when it comes time to like come together and gather and have a good time and cut loose and dance, especially and meet each other and, and, you know, and, you know, get psychedelic or whatever it is, have a good time. Like sometimes it feels like, is this, is this like worth it? Like, is this, is this, a, is this important? You know, is it meaningful? Um, and for myself, like I've been in live music and party culture since I was a kid and done it all over the place, you know, Burning Man, all kinds of music festivals. And, and I've dabbled in pretty much every type of genre you can think of. And, you know, that those spaces like dance floors that we create and that we you know invite anybody to and that anybody shows up to, especially in New York here, it's get very eclectic crowds. Sometimes for me, it's like the only place it's like one of the only bright lights that I got you know, in the society is like a room full of people from all over the place with completely different backgrounds that are, you know, dapping each other up, sharing shots, you know, uh, dancing, having a good time, grabbing numbers. Like there's, I hardly ever feel racism or sexism or, you know, uh, like just like straight up, um, you know, just disrespect, like that, there was, a, you know, and maybe it's different, you know, in the middle, in the middle of the country at a, you know, at a, a honky tonk bar or something like that. But I mean, I will say, you know, like the, the, the big events that we're doing here in New York city that are happening in big cities, like the big festivals, you know, the electronic events, those are like, as the years go on there, the communities themselves are really kind of like making it so that they're less oppressive and mm -hmm. people are not disrespecting each other and touching each other inappropriately. And like, there's just almost, I don't know if the policing is the word, but we're seeing like those places become more comfortable and inclusive. And so I guess maybe that's what I want to do in, in the context of if I'm throwing events and I'm participating at events and I'm supporting people that throw parties. I want them to be like micro versions of the macro society that I want to live in. And that I think millennials are hungry for that are like, can't we just enjoy, have a good time mm. and it doesn't matter what we look like or what we're doing, you know? And so part of it is dancing my ass off and, you know, having a higher consciousness moments and expanding, you know, my, my mind and getting weird and psychedelic. Cause that's always been important for me. But part of it is, you know, I, I, I feel like that's where I can feel safest to some extent and like most at home. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, big ups millennials. I'm like a big, a big, big, big millennial, like pro millennial guy. Like my, my blog, fear and loving, which I also have .com, fear and .com. Like I, you know, people ask me what it's about. It's like, I'd like for it to be a place where millennial voices are represented. And we're talking to millennials because we need to really rile ourselves up as a generation right now. I do believe that shit because Gen Z is going to be huge, integral, cool as shit. I hope that millennials are big brothers and sisters to Gen Z every day and we back them up forever and we never put them down because why would we do that to anybody? But definitely the people that are looking up to us, like we, they need us to support them. Um, and sometimes I feel like I didn't get that energy from Gen X as a millennial. Sometimes I felt like they saw us as like totally different and and not really somebody that they wanted to like necessarily like get along with or hang out with or party with. And, you know, and sure each generation has like very weird music. Like, I don't know if you've heard this, like 
what is it? Hyper pop shit is. Have you heard that? Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah. Oh my God. I cannot say that I can listen to it. <laughs> I can usually hang out with about anything musically, but hyper pop, like I got to get him to play me like a bunch of songs. And I'm like, okay, this one's okay. But a lot of it I don't like, you know, and you know, there's things about like the TikTok thing. I don't, I'm not a big fan of like how that craze has occurred either. You know I mean? There's sure there's stuff about the younger generation. I don't like necessarily, but I love them as people and young people that need to work together to fix this fucking planet in this yeah. society. So I got their back. Um, and I think that, you know, we're seeing boomers finally recognize that it's time to retire and chill the hell out, and maybe eat some psychedelics and stop trying to hold fast to being in charge of this society. Cause we, they know just like we know that didn't work out all that great. Uh, they, you know, if things would be a little easier and smoother right now, if it did, mm. um, and I, you know, I just don't really trust a lot of the Gen X congressional leadership in this country. Mm. Uh, those ones I'm like, you guys are just falling prey to a lot of the same bullshit, you know, just like, you know, not, not seeming to have the, the collectives in mind and instead just trying to, so I don't know politics millennials you know start start thinking about leading communities that's my that's kind of my message to them you know <laughs> what are they gonna do we're gonna skip millennials it's just gonna be go from you know uh just gonna go from gen x to gen z being our you know council people i don't think so we gotta we gotta start figuring out how to how to how to do that but it's not a, and you know about this you know you you're probably the first person i ever knew that was, you know, president of student council and just generally like seemed to be interested in leading community and, and didn't have an issue with political politics. And you, you just, you'll talk about it anytime. Yeah. And that is pretty rare. Like I, I can't say a lot of my, for a lot of my friends continue to, s and have always sort of shied away from it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that said, I think it's just like, we got to figure out ways to like, not be just disgusted by it. Mm -hmm even though it seems so disgusting. So that's, that's the trouble, you know, I, I'm not interested in jumping in a political arena this decade. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but well, I, I don't know. As we wrap our conversation today, where can we find you on social media? Oh, man. Well, you could, you could probably Google some not so, probably google some weird stuff and i'd pop up but uh you can uh find me at rancher gara mm -hmm. so little we didn't really discuss my moniker but my uh my handle is rancher that's what you know my kind of my artist name that's what i dj as ranch gara my last name is gara richard william gara is my full name so mm -hmm. ranch gara is my kind of artist name yeah. um ran rancher gara r-a-n-c-h-a-r-d-g-u-e R R A. That is my Instagram handle and kind of just using that across the board. Also fear and loving um, at real fear and loving fear and loving.com. That's my uh, kind of gonzo millennial source that I'm looking to build up. And um, yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks for, thanks for just getting my juices flowing and getting me thinking about all this and just listening to me ramble. Thomas, I appreciate it. Well, we've known each other for decades and decades and we and I hope to continue to have that going for more. Hopefully we will find a fireside conversation maybe in uh 20 let's say let's try to catch back up in 2050 and uh with gray hairs. I'll and, put it on my Google Cal. Huh? <laughs> 2050. Put it on the calendar. Yeah, 2050 whatever I think we got the gray hairs already. Yeah, I think I think we will be. Uh, I don't want to age us, but I think by 2050 we'll be. No, let's take a round. I'll be 13. Um, well, let's write. Let's write something together. That's what yeah. we should do. It might be that time. No, no, like now. Oh, you know, uh, you know, Alyssa said we that just we should share write... or something. Yeah, Alyssa said that we should write. That she said she'd be down to write something. And I, told I think her... if the, I think if we wrote some sort of like sort of comedy, 
sort of like uh, social that, commentary thing. Yeah, that's what I was I was thinking about. We'll talk about this, but I was we, we I got was, real serious on this call, but we can be funny, guys. Yes, okay, yes, yes. <laughs> so I thought I thought about writing a uh, a film or or a film. About, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll work it out. But yeah, all right. I'm you got to come to New York. I know you come here. You got yeah. slip in. You don't tell me. Well, listen, I don't know. I've only I've only been here ten months, so you, you probably haven't come back since I've been here. We know we've been in pandemic, so and there's been other things going on, but we'll talk about that. But again, Rich, I enjoy and appreciate you, and I would like to thank you for coming on Throw Champagne the podcast, hosted by me, Thomas Massaquai. Yeah, we got that Moe. Yes, executive produced Moe by <laughs> executive produced. <laughs> by Tyler Golly and music by Chris Wagner as always thank you for coming on my friend big love big ups thank you thank you man peace alright